完璧などありえないこの世界は不完全だから美しいバカバカバカ何俺は海賊王になる待ってなんと恋しさなの力を渡した時に言ったことを覚えているかいクレ違うそこじゃない変態遅い Hello and welcome to More Than Hentai, a podcast that is here to show that anime is far more than just tentacles and catgirls. There's also countless stories of love, loss, laughs, hope, horror, and happiness that are just dying to be found. And I, Brendan White, the Salt and Pepper Senpai, am here to help you find them. More Than Hentai is proudly powered by 8bit and our friends over at Audio Technica. Go and upgrade your audio game today over at audio technica.com. And joining me this episode is a man who is a self confessed cat dad and fan of story driven video games. He can be sometimes found streaming on Twitch, dabbling with tabletop RPGs and experimenting with macro photography. From an anime standpoint, he enjoys titles such as Attack on Titan, Spy Family, and Bubblegum Crisis. You can find him on them socials at RedSavage1987. Tony, welcome to the Riverside Studio, my friend. How might you be doing? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for asking. That's a great intro. <laughs> Oh, you are. You made it easy for me. You set the table, and I just sort of served it up. So uh, it was easy done. And uh, I guess we could start things off with that and, and talk about you and and what you get up to, things you like, dislike, and then we can sort of narrow that lens, I guess, into the anime based discussion. But yeah, t- tell us about yourself, man. It's uh, it's your first uh, go around in the podcast scene. So welcome and congratulations for firing up that microphone. No, thank you. I'm glad to be here for the first one. Good one to start with. <laughs> That's it. No pressure at all. We're, we're here to have no. some fun, have some fun, yep. have some laughs. So we'll have a good time. Uh, so about me, I just um, I've dabbled in a few things in my past. Done video game reviews and put them out there. Done a bit of streaming. Just been um, busy with life lately. So all that's kind of taken taken a back seat. Got plenty of things in my head that I want to try and do in the future, but more of a time time thing. So just like um, you know, playing video games. Playing a bit of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> watching some anime now. That's a new thing for me, getting back into that. I watched it a little bit when I was a kid, but, you know, kind of 20 years or so probably since I did it and I got back in this year. <laughs> well, mate, better late than never. It's good to have you back on on board with yep. us. But, um, yeah, you're a very multifaceted individual and, yeah, you keep busy and, yeah, you've done some stuff on YouTube, on Twitch, on the socials in, in general, like yep. in that gaming space. Uh, obviously, a bit of a bit of a cinephile as well. Love love the films, love the TV, all that good pop culture stuff. And um, so, so photography is a bit of a new new sort of passion project for uh, you, hey? Macro. I've been into photography for a while. I got my first camera probably uh, late teens. Mm-hmm. It was one of the early digital cameras, you know, <laughs> but it's more so uh, macro photography. So. How have, um, how have you been finding that? And have you had any like really good test cases or examples? So so for I guess for listeners that don't fully understand, that that's sort of like I guess you could say like this is the layman's version to describe it, but it's like, you know, super, super zoomed in, high levels of detail, very yeah, small, finite objects, right? That's very oh, – not even finite objects, but just super zoomed in on anything really. Like, yeah. Okay. Like I, I – it started weirdly. I was at um, Rainbow Bay. Um, and we're just on the beach and I just decided playing around with the macro camera on my on my phone on the sand and some sticks and rocks and stuff that were in the sand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these are pretty cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the love so affair went from there, eh? Yeah, exactly. So it's like you go out, nature stuff is probably best to do it because you get so close and you get that detail and you're like, you never see it that way usually. So 
leaves, flowers, bugs, all that kind of stuff is amazing detail, like up close. Yeah. Have, have you got any photos you've taken, like in, in the macro space, especially uh, where you've looked at and go, man, this this is like the definitive shot. Like I may never improve on this shot. Have you had like a, a certain subject or an object where you're like, yep, that's the one, that's the the equivalent of the Pulitzer Prize winner or something like that? Weirdly enough, it was probably those first ones on the beach with the iPhone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because it's just the sand had these weird holes in it and stuff. And yeah, it was just a weird thing. You look at it and go, that, that's a good photo. And then trying to replicate that again. It's um, it's crazy the the quality in like cellular phone cameras these days. Like on the iPhone or you know whatever Android platform you may or may not be using out there, listeners. Like the the, the level of detail and the quality, like the need of carrying like a digital camera and a phone. It's it's sort of going by oh, the way yeah. of the dinosaur, right? You can do it all just in your smartphone now and the photos you can get out of it combined with the resolution and like you said, those macro settings embedded in, in the appliance, it's just, it's it's good fun. Yeah, no, I just, I'm finding less and less use for a camera, especially when you're just out and about. Yeah, like on, holi- on holiday, I don't think I've taken a camera with me anymore because it's like the phone does just as good a job. Exactly. The snaps you want, so there's no point all that extra space for camera, a few lenses. 100%. And then you you combine like some additional cloud-based storage into your your phone plan or whatever, and you can shoot photos forever instead of worrying about SD cards running over capacity and things like that. So it's a a good time to be alive, man. And and so you mentioned you've started to dabble and get into a bit of D&D. Do you want to give us the backstory about your character that you're currently playing in? I'm assuming you've got like a main quest or or a main group that you're rolling out Uh, with at the moment? I've just just started with a new group. It's a very interesting one. It's more of a sandbox kind of situation. So um, the DM has created this overall world and things are happening in it, and then the player's find information and choose to go on missions and invite other people to go with them. It's a very interesting concept. Never played it that way before, but yeah. yeah. So create a, create a thing. And so, yeah, so started playing that uh, a couple months ago. Now I started joining this group and having fun with that. Nice. Are you doing that uh, like in person or are you doing that sort of online in a remote type of environment? Online. We're all over Australia. And I think there's okay. a couple of New Zealand and stuff. And I think we just got one from the U S joined the group too. So like I said, there's about 30 people in, but the group size of each time are about five people that go on these missions. So it's like a living, breathing world we're all a part of. And in our downtime, we just do messaging over Discord of things we want to do and stuff. So I love that. That is a very, uh, well, at least for me, because I'm still you know fa- fairly green, maybe whatever the shade above green is, but I'm in that realm with with tabletop. And um, yeah, it sounds like a pretty pretty fresh and unique type of concept as far as having having the the dm almost act as like a like a just a continuous quest giver or a or a guild master in a way right not even a quest giver he's just controlling a world and we come up with quests <laughs> oh, oh so he doesn't even issue so you come up with the concepts then he goes and builds yeah. them out okay based on based on information we have learnt from his stories we go well we want to go oh. and explore this this part of the world more or do this and so your personal story as a character you want to go do things you get other people to come join you and you go oh, okay do it yeah I, I misinterpreted i thought he was like he was All almost right. acting like a quest board and you go up and sort of go, yeah that sounds good i'll grab that and bring a crew with me and we'll go roll that instance out but okay that's no, that's even yeah. cooler now yeah it is no that's something i've never played before and it's so it's called player player based i think it's called they, the mm-hmm. concept because we control the direction of everything 
and mm. he just makes it work, which is like I don't know if he's planned half the stuff that happens or it's just he comes up on the fly, but it's pretty amazing. It's the <laughs> like, sign but, of a good DM or GM, yeah. right? Where they can sort of just uh pivot and just go off the cuff like that when things zig when they're meant to zag. It's uh it makes such a good experience. Yeah. And um you mentioned earlier that uh on the topic of good experiences that you're back enjoying the fantastic world that is anime. So maybe we'll get your backstory on anime, where it started, what caused maybe the breakup, and then what uh, what brought you two back together recently? Um, I th- well, it started probably like most people, like Pokemon, Digimon, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But back then I was also really into Bubblegum Crisis. Which is one of the goats, one of the sci-fi goats. Yeah. I love Bubblegum Crisis. I've, I forgot the name of for so long. I kept trying to find it, and then like, it was like, oh, it was that one. Yeah, Bubblegum Crisis. So that kind of really got me into more more than just Pokemon Digimon. And I think just as I grew up, I think access really was more of a problem. No yeah. way to really see it or watch anything. So just kind of dropped off. My brother, my younger brother watched Dragon Ball, never interested me. <laughs> I found it too drawn out. <laughs> like, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I get, I have a really hard time with the those shonen types of formulas that just go forever. And yeah. I've just realized maybe that that formula just isn't for me. Like, like you said, being so drawn out, I just lose enthusiasm and interest and then i want to find that immediate hit somewhere else so i've been parking a lot of the slow burn ones that yeah. are doing the rounds that everyone seems to adore but i'm like no i just remember seeing seeing one episode one week you don't see anything again for another week they're still in the same fight you're like what's happened in the five episodes in between like yeah it's just for me it was just a nut not interested it's Too it's slow. super tough and it's funny yeah. because um i i had an inkling to watch bubblegum crisis again the last couple of months because I was going down a bit of a sort of retro science fiction anime rabbit hole again, and I can't find it here locally outside of potentially finding it illegally or or buying the DVD or box set from from a stockist. It's not on any streamers. Like locally here in Australia, we don't have any licenses here in the AU, and it sucks ass. Like I said, it took me ages to remember the name of it, and then when I found the name of it, couldn't find it to watch again. Yeah, it makes it very difficult, but uh, it is well worth your time. Like this is this is an anime that came out. Like I'm assuming your social handle with the one nine eight seven does that tie into your birth year by chance? Yep. Same year that uh, Bubblegum Crisis uh, made its debut. So there you go. Two great things yeah. came out in 1987. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched it probably early nine, like ninety four. I think was when I saw it. Yeah, ninety four, ninety five. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know how appropriate for it was, but <laughs> it's such a great franchise. And like on that first run, we only got like eight episodes, so it doesn't yeah. like overstay its welcome. But the story it tells, the characters you meet, I I adore it. So I need to try and hunt it down because it's been a few years since I've watched Bubblegum Crisis, and I want to see. I feel confident in saying that it'll probably still hold up and stack up, but it's been a while where I'm like, hmm, I need I need that uh, cyberpunk girls with guns type of archetype back in my life. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, if I find it, I want to watch it again, so, yeah. PAX is this weekend, and I know there's a couple of uh, anime-based stockists that'll have oh, little yeah. boots, so if I can find a copy, I will pick it up, and then I'll watch it, and then I'll send it your way, and you can enjoy Ooh, it as excellent. well. Thank you. All right, so so you had, yeah, like a, a bit of time between drinks, and, and I can relate to that. Like, anime, it came, became very hard to find. I was picking it up at, like, VCD and bootleg stores in and around Chinatown in Sydney for a few years yep. there, but even that got a little bit too hard. So I parked it and sort of, yeah, come back 
with force the last couple of years, but like now you're back into it. And I sort of mentioned a couple that you've been really vibing with, with like, you know, things like Spy Family and Attack on Titan, two very, very different anime, two fantastic anime. But like, what, what is it that's drawn you to those two franchises in particular? Well, Spy Family, I think when I, when I first came back in, I put out there what animes do people think I should watch. I think you suggested Spy Family. So I jumped, I, had a look at it, looked like something I'd enjoy, started watching it. I think it took a couple episodes and then I was hooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, um, I don't know, just the the concept of it, just these people that don't even know anything about each other <laughs> are a family and doing spy stuff. It's like, to me, it's just like wacky, but makes, you know... <laughs> It works. Yeah, it really does. And like it's it's blown up. It's one of the biggest anime yeah. on the planet these days. And the second season comes out in a couple of weeks' time, which I'm very excited for. And yes, me too. It's a good time. Like listeners, a, if you if you a haven't video game it, coming out or something. Yeah, there's a video it? game yeah. coming out on Nintendo Switch, which yeah. looks awesome. It's got like a bit of a Pokemon Snap vibe to it, from what I can remember from what I saw in, in the trail and I could be way off the mark, but it looks great. looks like you, you're sort of controlling Anya and, and having some fun and then just living, living your best childhood life as well. And yeah, I can't wait for the game. I can't wait for season two. And yeah, I just, it's just phenomenal. I'm, I'm a big, big fan. Yep. No, uh, that one, that one hooked me. So that really drew me back into anime as a whole. So that was a good suggestion. Nice. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> and Attack on Titans, one of those ones, even before I kind of got back into it, I've dabbled a few times and it just never never really hooked me. But everyone talks about it and you hear about it all over the place. I'm like, well, what, what am I not getting? Like, mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. kept trying and I think this time it's hooked me a bit more. I've had a, haven't watched it for a little while. I had a bit of a break because there's other stuff going on, but it definitely one that I'm like, I want to get back to and keep watching. So, yeah. Hell yeah. So whereabouts are you? So you're not up to date because obviously the the final piece of this eternal last season is coming out soon. Do you think you're going to be able to catch up in time by that new episode dropping? Oh, I don't know. That will take some, that will take some binging, I reckon. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a hell of a time. I'm with you though. It took me a little, took me a few cracks to get into it. Finally got there and, and really enjoyed it. But then the, the transition with the studios was the jarring thing for me, like seeing Mappa and their animation style in this last season is just uh, really hard for me to deal with still, but it's, it's still fine. I need, I need closure on this story. I need to know what's going to happen. No, yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. Yeah. Any, any, other, uh, any other titles you want to shout out as far as, I guess, recent discoveries that you've been really enjoying? Not, not really, no, no. Like I said, it's kind of one of those things I'm trying to fit in with everything else, so... Attack on Titan was the latest one I was watching and then that just got busy, had to park it for a bit. But yeah, so I haven't really had the time last couple of months really to watch much else. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, life life ain't ever slowing down (laughs) and trying to find the time for those passion projects and love interests can always be difficult. But uh, hopefully, hopefully time loosens its grip on you a little bit the next couple of months and you can sit down and enjoy the second season of Spy Family, the last parts mm-hmm. of Attack on Titan, and maybe watch the rest of the anime in question we're going to be covering today. But listeners, if this is your first time stopping on by, More Than Hentai is a podcast where we're aiming to introduce potentially new anime or, or new IP to existing or, or new fans to the genre itself. And we are going to be deep diving on the first episode of a particular anime in each episode of More Than Hentai. And we're going to be doing full spoilers from front to back here. So we could be taking 
everything from that first episode and you know unpacking that to whatever level so this first episode will have some spoilers attached to it we're not going to be spoiling the broader plot points we're not going to be sort of going beyond that and and ruining any potential twists or big moments that happen throughout the episodes beyond episode one but um yeah we sort of built this up where I'll, I'll sort of get the the co, co-hosting question to sort of fill out a bit of a Q&A, just give me an understanding of of what they're into, what they're interested in checking out, and then we go away and try and find a new anime that yet, they're yet to watch. Then we watch that first episode, jump on here, and then we unpack it. So the, the title in focus for this episode of More Than Hentai is known as Darwin's Game, which is a mystery science fiction manga series written and illustrated by Flip Flops, which debuted in December of 2012, an 11-episode anime adaptation directed by Yoshinobu Tokumoto and produced by Nexus aired from January 3rd to uh, March 20 of 2020. Darwin's Game currently holds a score of 7.23 on my anime list, and that is based off 291,000 unique user scores, and it is currently available to watch on Netflix and Crunchyroll, not only here in Australia, but I assume around the world. And the story of Darwin's Game is as follows. High school student Kaname Sudo receives an invitation from a classmate to play Darwin's Game, a mobile game he's never heard of. However, as soon as he opens the application, a green snake suddenly pops out from his phone screen and bites his neck, leaving him unconscious. Waking up in the infirmary without any signs of a snake bite, he is told by the school to take the rest of the day off. Although he is puzzled by what has happened, he dismisses the surreal experience as a hallucination and boards the train home. Unfortunately, his curiosity gets the better of him and he uses the application once again. As the application appears to be just like any other battle game, Kaname breathes out a sigh of relief and decides to start his first match. However, the pleasant surprise is short-lived as his in-game opponent unexpectedly appears right in front of him and appears to hunt him down with a knife. As he desperately runs for his life, Kaname puts two and two together and realizes that Darwin's game is not an ordinary game, but rather it's a brutal fight for survival so tony darwin's game we've checked out the first episode which is called opening battle first half give me your thoughts let's see where do you want to take this discussion we can go right from those opening opening scenes we can jump wherever you want but yeah opening battle first half which is the first episode of darwin's game what did you think i i really enjoyed it i didn't think i like when i first started watching it i was watching it um subbed i don't usually do that because i like Mm -hmm. to focus and i can't read and watch things usually because <laughs> i like to be on my phone like you know so i have to really sit there and focus yeah. uh, so it's really the, sit there and focus but i found um i could get into it i can focus i enjoyed it uh it opened with a banger with that just fight you just open and there that fight's going on with the um the bear <laughs> yeah with old banda the uh the bear mascot the panda bear mascot yeah who's invisible and like comes through the smoke and gets the guy so yeah so it starts like that and you're like oh what's going on here <laughs> so that hooks you it's got a very interesting opening and like the very first scene you get it it feels like you're watching a bit of an art house indie film where you've got this this man you don't know who the man is but he's standing at the very top of this skyscraper on like this beam almost about to fall to his death and he's holding a pigeon and he lets the bird go and then we get this really like artsy shot where there's feathers falling from the sky and then also like these neon butterflies that are starting yeah, to fill the screen and you're like, what the hell is going on here? And then it cuts to, yeah, like you said, this man on the run getting chased by Banda who is this like baseball mascot uh, fellow. So he's got a, a big panda bear head 
on just a normal humanoid body and he's chasing uh, chasing this man around. We don't really know what's going on, but the man's right. running around and he's talking out loud about, oh, maybe I can use some points to try and survive the game or maybe I can call this guy, but it costs all these points. And you're sort of going, what the hell's happening? What's go- yeah, what's going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> and and then from there, you get this super quick scene where you see this like cloaked silhouette of a figure giving chase and it's got these real like predator vibes for me just sort of going back to the 80s. The tracker on the phone, beep, beep, you know, getting yeah. closer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's this sort of panic setting in because you're like, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm starting to worry because clearly he's out of his depth and he's getting chased by something or someone and he's running, 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 and then he hits sort of a dead end. So he stands tall and he can sort of see the silhouette of this other person or thing coming at him. And he's, then he's got like this electrical Stanley knife projectile weapon <laughs> and he's shooting it in, into into nothingness because you can't see who the enemy is and you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And then Banda, the panda, cloaks his way in, avoids these electrical Stanley knife blades and slices this guy's neck we get one of those very uh, tropey anime style blood sprays where the neck was blood everywhere. Body falls lifeless to the ground and you can sort of see his phone beside his now lifeless body and it pops up on the phone screen. It's like, you lose. And you're like, what is going on here? What no, is no, happening? Like- <laughs> I'm all about it, but I still have so many questions. That that was my feeling exactly. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm in. Like, I'm in 100%. I want to know what's going on. It's just, it was... Thirst for more knowledge, like what what's happening? Yeah, and then the glowing eyes on Banda, you're like, what's that about? Like, it, it was very ominous. Like, you know, um, you, you see those sport based mascots, and they're very caricaturish and sort of cutesy and whatever. And he's still like, he doesn't look imposing because it is just a like a giant panda head on, on a, and a human baseball outfit, like yeah. baseball outfit. But yeah, like you said, you see the eyes flash just like in Predator where you get that in the cloak sometimes like, oh yeah, this, this thing or this dude or whatever it is in this panda suit, they're not a good, they're not a good time. And they're here to, here to cause ruckus. And so you get that. And then you sort of get this quick transition into where you meet Kaname, who is the lead I mentioned sort of in the description. And he's just sitting there in class, dreaming about buying a motorbike and just as all high school boys do, and just, uh, you know, very aloof to the world around him wants more money to get a bike how does he get more money you know i think we're all mm-hmm. there when we're in high school we did <laughs> how do we get money to get what we want yeah yeah like yeah. very ambitious like i remember high school it's like how do i get money to like buy some kfc or something oh, yeah, exactly. but he's like he's trying to buy a motorbike and i'm just here trying to buy some buns and gravy and some fried chicken <laughs> no yeah I, I was probably closer to you than him with a motorbike yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, I respected the hell out of his ambition and then um one of his classmates sort of comes along and, and he's sort of talking about this these cool like outline arts that are popping up all over uh, Shibuya yeah. where it's almost like picture like a, the silhouette of a character from Minecraft like just Pixel- transfixed yeah, on the ground. Yeah. yeah, so instead of like the, the chalk outlines of people, people dying around Japan, they're sort of blocked out as these little uh, blocky pixel outlines and it's really cool, very distinctive. Which then leads into that whole what is going on more. Like Exactly, exactly. Because like I started thinking them, okay, so society can see all these things happening, but like no one talks about it. Like it it's happening but it's not happening. So I had had some questions as I still have that question. I mean, <laughs> do people know about it? Like what's going on? Are they running through streets and are like, do people know this is happening? Like <laughs> It seems so secret, but it doesn't. It- there's there's a lot of mystery and intrigue, and then uh, yeah. we we sort of get 
get Kyoto coming in, who's another one of uh, Kamade's friends, and he arrives and he's looking for Hamada, and that's who we find out, like the guy that was getting chased that had the uh, the electric Stanley knife. His name was Hamada, and, and clearly he was friends with all these guys. And so Kyoto's starting to panic because he's like, I got a message from Hamada last night, and I haven't been able to reach him, and I don't know what's going on. And then Kamade just casually is like, oh, yeah, he messaged me too, talking about this free-to-play game called Darwin's Game. He sent me the link, but I don't really know what's going on. But then he, like, goes to hit the, like, clicks it, even though, like, Kyoto's like, no, don't touch it, don't do it. And he's like, whatever, dude, hits the button. And then, yeah, this snake breaks through his phone screen, bites him on the neck, and renders him unconscious. And you're like, okay, what's happening? And then you sort of see his his phone pop up and it's like confirmation that Kamada has now joined the game as well. Joined the game, yeah. Yep. And again, what snake, what's going on? Like, <laughs> that's, that was probably the first 20 minutes was me just going, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, just give it to me. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions going on there because, um, Kaname, sorry, I don't know why I was saying Kamada before, but yeah, Kaname. Kaname, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's been bitten by this digital, video game app based snake he's unconscious and you're like okay what's happening and then the next scene we get they introduce us to this character called shuka and she's this blonde haired girl in like this sort of uh period piece dress and she's rocking this mad chain whip thing almost like something you'd see scorpion from mortal Kombat shoot out of his hand and so she's got this and it looks like she's just killed somebody but she sort of gets the notification about uh kaname joining the game she's like oh this this looks fun. Like so, like oh, okay. But there's she's also got that very cutesy voice and stuff. So it's very like off putting. Like she's just done all this thing with this cool whip that you didn't see. But then she's got this cutesy laugh and voice, and you're like, it, it, it's very uh, it's very anime, right? Where yes, yeah, they're exactly. sort of juxtaposing yeah, yeah the, the cuteness with the violence and the horrific situations playing out. So so we get that really quick brief flash with Shuka there and yeah straight away I'm like okay who is this person like she's got a mad whip and yeah she's got rocking this cool dress and she's got these giant like uh, blonde pigtails and what's happening here but we don't we don't really get much more of her for a little while then because it cuts back to the school and uh, Kaname has sort of regained consciousness but you can see where the snake bit him he's now got like this barcode like tattoo on his neck from where the snake bit him so he's branded and scanned and now part of the game all of a sudden (laughs) I know it's like yeah again this is intrigue that's that's what kept me going this intrigue like probably had it been not this intriguing I might have not been as into it like because it wasn't giving answers but it's like they just kept giving you more questions that you needed to know yeah yeah they they throw a lot of mystery at you and a lot of like uh open-ended characters and situations in a really short period of time so we're there at the nurse's office and yeah, uh, Kaname is, has regained consciousness. Kyoto comes in to see him. And did you notice the scene here where it's happening where uh, he's got to, I guess, sign himself out to be discharged from yep. the nurse's office? And what's happened is he goes to sign the form initially, drops the pen, picks up the pen, signs out, leaves. But then the doctor all of a sudden goes, oh, Finds the pen, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember having two of these very distinctive cat pens. So this is where watching it a second time probably helped because I didn't catch that straight away on the first time. Oh. So it was the second time when I kind of saw like a flash when he, but there was something going on when he picked the pen up. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And then knowing what I knew from later on, what he can do, I'm like, ah. Oh. So I think that helped that 
this time by watching it a second time because I didn't actually pick it up on the first run. Yeah, I um, this is I think the third or third time I've I've sort of watched this series now too, and, and I didn't even pick up the flash until this third viewing where like yeah. I guess I maybe wasn't paying full attention, but yeah, like he reaches under the under the bed in the nurse's office and there's like this this bright flash, and I'm like, oh, that's what that's implying now. I yeah, get it, like. Yeah. Yeah, and so so that was a cool little moment, and then we sort of flash forward to to Carnamay's on the on the train home, uh, still not feeling the best, I guess, after the snake bite, and as anyone is doing when they're bored and got time to kill, he's on playing on his phone and wants to try the new game he downloaded. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Curiosity gets the better of him because he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this. What's the worst that can happen? And he presses the Darwin's game button. And the second he hits the button, it comes up and says, you know, the battle has started. And then all of a sudden, he sees that on his phone that he's battling uh, Banda the, the panda. And then he looks across the, the same train carriage he's in and lo and behold, Banda is right in there, <laughs> like right opposite him. And you're like, what the hell is going on? But before yep. he realizes that Banda's doing a bit of smack talk through the app and he's like, I'm the rookie killer. I'm coming for you and all this stuff. And then it's like, yeah. He's 10 meters away from me looking at me in the carriage. <laughs> and he still doesn't quite get what's about to happen. I think everyone, I start, you start catching on as a viewer what's going on, but he's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> he's right yeah. over there. <laughs> and like I, can, like I can relate to that too. Like if this was playing out and I was putting my, my feet into Kaname's shoes, I'd feel that would it, this is all just a bit of a prank and it's all a bit of fun too. And, and so he's really dismissive of what's happening for a good long while in this episode. My first thought would have been it's a location-based game. You fight people around you. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because we've sense. had the things like, you know, Pokemon Go and all that, which is a location. Yeah, that's how I probably would have thought of it, being in that situation. Like, oh, he's on the train. It matched us up because of our proximity. So I can see why he'd be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's weird, but he's over there. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, Kaname's sitting there and it, you can sort of see that he's trying to process what's going on and he's sort of feeling like it, like the way I interpret it and, and watching it out, it's like like he's part of just like a, a prank, like it's, yeah, it's a bit of fun yeah, and yeah. he's maybe like a bit of a bit of parody or maybe it's almost like LARPing here where he's like, because he, he can see Bunda with the knife and he's like, like you can see he's like dismissing, he's like, oh, it's, it's, it's not a real knife, but then tries to stab him, Cut, slices yeah. his arm and then he realizes pretty quickly that this isn't a prank this and the knife him. that Banda yeah. is, is sort of waving around is real and it could kill him if he's not careful. So we get this really cool chase scene that's happening once once the train stops, they get off the train, they're running around and Kaname is like yelling out to anybody to help him and society, where we're sort of talking about can society see what's going yeah. on, they're all very dismissive. They're just like, oh, it's just uh, just must be an event that's happening. It's all a bit of fun. Oh. There's a mascot running through the street after a kid. Like, you know, what's going on there? Like, Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. They feel like uh, we've got like punked cameras hiding in the shadows filming this whole yeah. thing or something. But in, in this scene as well, I really enjoyed it because the, the soundtrack and the music that weaves itself in really like, electronic and crunchy and synthy that sort of just really complements this scene and it just starts ramping up to that whole chase and it just keeps going yeah because it's makes it you feel it yeah <laughs> that's what yeah. i felt yeah yeah it gets you excited gets you in so they had the whole lead up going what's going on and they have this um chase scene with the music and you're you're like that's that was me i was hooked i'm like this is awesome like <laughs> 
I still don't know what's going on, but I mean. <laughs> so, so that was, you, you, you were sort of thinking that that's probably the moment that it really sold it for you was was this yeah. scene complimenting, like weaving in the music yeah. and the animation. So you're like, yep, you've got me. Yeah, they were, they were giving me all these mysteries for the first few, you know, first for a little while. All these characters, you're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, if they kept doing that, you're probably way too confused to want to continue. But then they just go, bang, here's some action, here's some music. Let's go. <laughs> and and it's a cool it's a cool chase scene because like they don't rush it, but it goes for a little while. And yeah, yeah. we're seeing seeing Kaname and Banda weaving their way through just general population, and then Kaname runs up to almost like this little police kiosk asking for help. Help, Mr. Policeman, I'm getting chased by this crazy killer in a panda outfit. And then the policeman can see the panda outfit there. So he starts to realize that it's a real thing. But then without even hesitating, uh, Banda comes straight on in, slits the cop's throat, the the cop's dead straight away. And you're like, what? (laughs) No one is safe. (laughs) (laughs) Because then you're like, okay, so society is part of what's going on, but... (laughs) That's what kind of helped me going, oh, okay. So they can see what's going on. They're part of it. It's not like it's separate somehow, but because the cop just got, got killed, straight, you know, throat, slit, gone. I'm like, society's part of it. That that answered that question for me. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of cool that they do, uh, I guess, answer these questions or unveil how this world interconnects with, yeah. with normal society in, in this sort of subtle way of storytelling where they're like, you know what? Well, there's no questioning what's happening anymore. Like, yeah, that police officer is a real person. Yeah. Their throat's now slit so they can sort of clearly see what's going on and that this exactly. game is existing in amongst sort of the general society. And and so we start to worry because, yeah, Kaname is realising if a policeman's not safe, I'm cooked here, I'm going to die. And now he's caught in this little kiosk, <sighs> no way out. But lo and behold, Kyoto, school friend from earlier, rolls in. With a crossbow, nonetheless, shoots shooting Banda in the shoulder, and then he tells sort of Kaname, "Run! You got to get out of here!" And so Kaname starts running, and then we find out that Kyoto has got an ability as well, which gives him uh, thermal vision, which can, like, what it, it in essence he says that you can see the aura of living Auras, things yeah. with so thermal he can vision. See Banda when he goes invisible because he can still see his aura. Yeah, so, yeah. I think he said something like that doesn't work on me or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was was a bit of a cool little moment there and, and uh, Kyoto's feeling very confident because, yeah, he can see Banda even when he does have his cloak ability on. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, that confidence was a bit of a swerve because he cops the cops the, the blade that Banda was wielding right in the guts. So he gets stabbed in the guts. We then see Kaname run back in, grab Kyoto, and he's trying to get him out and we're sort of hearing the explanation now from Kyoto as he's holding his guts from stopping from bleeding out everywhere, that every player in the game, and this always jars me, they call it a sigil. Like, I pronounce it sigil. Like, it's the same thing, right? I call thing, it a sigil right? too, yeah. I would say. I call it sigil, yeah. Sigil is like symbol. I think that's the, that's what it's sigil means. It's a symbol of something, like a meaningful symbol. Yeah, so, so we find out that every player in Darwin's game has a unique sigil, or in the game, especially if you're watching the dub, they call it a sigil, and you're just like, oh, every time. It makes my, like, yeah. skin crawl. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, they've all got unique sigils or sigils. And, uh, yeah, Kyoto's is that he can sense the aura or see the aura of living things. Yep. But, yeah, sigil and sigil, that was one of the things that I was just like, just every time. It was like hearing a dirty word. I was watching this one sub because that's the first one I found and I just went with it. (laughs) Um, And so I didn't get that. I just read it as sigil. (laughs) 
Sorry. You're a lucky man. You're a lucky <laughs> man because I've watched it all three times dubbed. So I hear yeah. I hear Siegel for all 11 episodes. <laughs> so for 33 episodes worth of viewing, I hear Siegel and it's Ooh. like, Ooh. I'm going to have nightmares yeah, so- about it. So that then, that then, that that was again more questions like sigils. Ooh, you know, what are these? How do they happen? That was my brain going, you know. So they had questions, bit of answers, chase scene, more questions. It's like, it's like I've got to watch this whole thing now. <laughs> nice, nice, and and we'll talk more about that later because I'd be curious yeah. to know if if uh, where you've gotten to uh, beyond episode one, if you have. So uh, yeah, we find out that each player in Darwin's game has a sigil or a sigil. Ugh. And yeah, the, the boys are laying low. They're sort of hiding out in Japan, still getting chased by Banda, but they're hiding in sort of this multi-story car park at the moment. And Kaname is like, just chill out, Kyoto. I'll, I'll call an ambulance. I'll, I'll get someone here to help. And Kyoto's like, no, when, when you're in the game or you're in these matches or these battles, the connection to the outside world is severed while you're in the game. So he's trying to call the hospital. Phone won't connect. Phone won't ring. So you're realizing that even though they're existing in this world, they're not at the same time. They, so like you they said, cut off still, yeah. got some answers, got some more questions, got an answer, yep. got a lot more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a it's not a nice even slope. It's way more questions than answers, but yeah. And then I think we also start to learn at that point about um, the tracking. They can yes. track their opponent, but they can't track other people. Yeah, so which, can, which is a bit cheeky. Yeah. Like, like, I guess it does present the other player because these battles, uh, they're all they've all got a time limit. So it's not just a battle till someone's dead. It's you have to find them within you know an hour or whatever the time period is. So, so you got the in the in the app or in the Darwin's game app on the on the smartphone, it shows them as sort of in a general area of interest. So the player can sort of narrow down that chase or that hunt to yeah, a rough still vicinity. Still have to find them in that area. So. Yeah. Yes. Vander has discovered that, yeah, they are in the car park or in this series of buildings adjacent to the car park. What's going on? What's happening? And there's a little bit of panic between Kaname and Kyoto about what's happening there and what to do. But then Kyoto's like, don't worry about it, Kaname. The bleeding stopped from this wound. You go do what you got to do. I'm just going to chill out here. And then yeah. we get this one line where... I had a big eye roll when I rewatched it today when um, Kyoto's talking about Kaname. He's like, don't worry, you got this. You've got the strongest aura of anyone I've ever seen. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, don't uh, say that. <laughs> I remember that line. Yep, it was, yeah. It was not, it was not easy at reading it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's fair. And, and it felt like that line felt really out of place to me because it just felt like it was really forced in and... Yeah. Just very unnecessary to me. Yeah, they like, oh, what can what can we get him to say? He has aura powers. Like that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> after that big eye roll moment, Kaname sort of yeah comes back out of the shadows in this car park and he's yelling to Banda like, chase me, come on, come and get me, you idiot, and rah rah rah. So these chase they're chasing, uh, getting chased sort of throughout this complex. Banda narrows down the the hunt to like a, a men's or a women's bathroom. And he sort of goes into this bathroom slash change room, thinks he sort of got Kaname locked into this cubicle, but he's like, you know what? I, I left the blade. I didn't feel that was doing enough for me here. So I've, I've taken this, the police officer's pistol. And so he starts shooting the gun around and you think, man, this is escalating even more. But um, Kaname, who's a bit of a crafty cat, 
comes out of one of the lockers and he's got a fire extinguisher because he's like, I can see you now. So he sprays him with fire extinguisher powder so he can sort of see Bunda for a hot second and sort of levels the playing field or so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was clever because he's not he's not ready. He's not there trying to kill him. So, but he just wants to get away or from him. So, yeah, that's a clever way. Just run out with a. But he does he hit him? Well, it's a bit of weak. Or does he just spray him? I can't actually remember. I think he sort of hits him as he's spraying. Yeah, yeah. So sort of like wings him because it doesn't do any major damage to Banda, who seems he can take a hit. Like he's got some some bolts in him from the crossbow. He's now just copped a a fire extinguisher to the noggin. And even that powder's not good to get in your face, so. (laughs) No, no. But then like Kaname, where he could probably have time to try and grab the gun to maybe take him down or just hold him at gunpoint, starts running again. And he he runs out of there and he runs back into the open air of the car park. But all of a sudden too, there was, I've noticed that the, the cloaking ability was back on and none of the fire extinguisher powder was sort of on Banda, so oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah. it's kind of a misstep or some inconsistent writing there, I thought. Yeah, no, that was that was weird. It's like, does it cloak anything that's on him before he cloaks or do they just forget about it? <laughs> that was yeah, it. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I'm not too sure. So I was like, mm, hang on, hang on there. I think there was a bit of a a bit of a misstep there in, in sort of production there, Nexus. I don't know what happened. But, uh, mm. yeah, we, we then get a, yet another showdown with Kaname and Banda standing in the car park and I guess Kaname is almost accepting his fate here, thinking, all right, my time is up. I don't know where to go. But then out of a sudden, all of a sudden, we get a, a red SUV just come belting through the car park and whack straight into it's Bunda and smashes him. And you see Bunda go, you know, toppling past Kaname and he's clearly injured because a, a four drives just hit him. Yeah, at speed too. It wasn't just a slow one. Car park speed, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was well above, yeah, that 10 to 15 kilometers an hour recommending the car park speed. These two guys were, were belting along. But i got to ask, when that SUV hit, who did you think was driving the car? Did you think it was a character you already knew? I thought, yeah, I thought it was a character we already knew. I thought it was um, his his friend that was um, injured, yeah. Oh, you thought Kyoto was in the car? Yeah, yeah, I thought he came, he was, because I didn't, again, I wasn't quite sure because he said that he stopped bleeding. I actually believed him. <laughs> You know, and I thought he just got in the car and came to help. Yeah, I thought for a second, like I think on the first watch, I thought it was going to be Kyoto, but I also thought it was going to be Shuka, the the girl oh, um, yeah. in the red dress, because she was talking like she clearly sort of having a bit of a, a keen eye towards Kaname and and I guess trying to weave into with him in this game in some regard. And then I thought the red car, girl in the red dress, oh, maybe. Yeah, mm, no, I didn't go there, but I can see how you went there. Yeah. But no, it was just two Johnny Randos running late to like an appointment and they hit Bunda. But because Bunda was cloaked, they're like, did we hit something? I don't know what's going on. And then the front of the car's wrecked. So they're like, oh, we must have hit something. But then they just took off. Yeah. Yeah. Just just <laughs> glorified hit and run happening right there in front of yeah. Kaname, which, which is the time. And the interesting thing we start to see then is the, the impact that has occurred with Bunda because he's sort of starting to try and get up, but you can clearly see that he's taken some pain, but then the the countdown on the game ends. So it's, you know, the, the round or the match is over and they do a quick calculation as far as the damage that these characters uh, obtain, uh, that's, that's taken Take during it, yep. the match. And you see that due to that vehicular incident, <laughs> Bunda's taken more damage than, than Kaname has and see sort of laying against the wall in this car park. And then you start to see him 
I, I wrote it down. He just starts to see him get bricked. Like it's, you know, block by yep. block, he's disintegrating into one of those uh, Minecraft chalk outlines. And it, it's a really cool scene. Yeah, it's a very distinct pop, like a very distinct noise as it happens too. Not a pop, but it's like a very distinct noise as each brick. It's not like all at once either. It's just bit by bit. Yeah, it's um, it's a hell of a way to go because like, yeah, he loses like a foot and then he'll lose like a bit yeah. of thigh and then all of a sudden like his stomach piece is blown out and mm-hmm. I and wonder if they're in pain head. when all this is happening. Yeah, because he's in pain already, so you don't know. <laughs> it's one of those. Again, more questions. <laughs> So many questions, so many questions. But yeah, it's a cool scene and it really leans into this sci-fi madness. And I'm like, what is happening here? But I love this sort of Mm. kill scene that's happening and you can sort of still hear Kaname and Banda still having some back and forth because Kaname still doesn't know what's going on. He's like, you know, what is this game? And Banda's like, oh, that's right. And he's still sort of chuckling as he's going to the afterlife. And it's a a cool moment where you can see Banda was clearly just a bad, evil person. Yeah, he he enjoyed the killing. Like, yeah. The rookie killer. Yeah, the rookie killer. He liked getting into the new people and just killing them and getting points, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Getting a bit of clout within the game, getting to be the very best. So... Yeah, that happens, and then Kaname is then able to call an ambulance to uh, to sort of come and help Kyoto now that the game's over, and he's running back up the up sort of the ramp in the car park to where he last saw Kyoto, but then he turns the corner to where Kyoto was hiding behind um, a parked car, and you can already see that uh, he's been bricked as well. He's got the silhouette mm-hmm. there from where he was still laying when he left, clearly lying because, like you said, when Kyoto said um, my wounds stopped bleeding, I'm like. What? How? Bullshit. Yeah, no, You're lying yeah. to me. <laughs> and clearly he was because he died from that blade wound and all we see then is the the brick silhouette of uh, Kyoto in the corner. Which again brings up questions because, you know, it's it's um the whole game is more of a one-on-one unless you ask for help, which was happening at the start. He was trying to ask people for help, but Kyoto just inserted himself. So it means, does that mean you join the game that way or because you wouldn't think you'd get bricked unless you're part of the game or you know there's a lot of questions left lingering in this first episode and um it's it's very interesting because the anime only runs 11 episodes so they're trying to condense 28 plus volumes of a manga into that so you even left after those 11 episodes with with more questions because where this anime goes is very interesting. It's all I'm going to say. But, yeah, we get that moment where Kyoto has been bricked and he's passed away and then he he somehow has sent a text message through. Now Kaname's got phone signal again. He gets a text message through on his phone. He looks and it's from Kyoto and all it says on the phone is survive. And then Kaname just breaks down and has one of those big anime cry scream moments. And you're like, oh, he's a broken man. What's happening? And then we cut back to Shuka, who was obviously the, the girl in the red dress with the uh, with the uh, the whip chain. And she can see that her friend, as she calls him, Kaname, has won. And then she says, I'm impressed and hope that they can play together soon. And then the episode cuts to credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's... That was like a way to leave it. It's like, what did you uh? What did you think? Like that that sort of last third or or that final mini act here in in the first episode, it still kept you on board. There was nothing that sort of derailed the inness that you had. No, there was nothing that derailed. There was like I said, there was those weird questions, like you said, with the 
um, fire extinguisher stuff not being on him. But no, nothing completely derailed like what I was in. I've been in on this. It's I have questions. I want answers. This gets cool at points. Like <laughs> I love like, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very stylish. It's very distinctive. There there is a lot of like death game based anime out there, but this one, yeah. because it's got this cool little science fictiony spin on it, re- Digital, really really yeah. intrigues me. And their their use of of music and, and soundtrack to elevate some of these scenes oh. throughout the eleven episodes really makes it stand up as well. That was that was something that really kept me the just the soundtrack of it. Just yeah, it was very well done the using the soundtrack when they did how they did yeah keeps yeah keeps you invested keeps you watching <laughs> keeps you pumped like oh yeah yeah it's it's like a like a shot of protein just like boom or creatine yeah. or something just gets the, gets the heart pumping so obviously the soundtrack and the use of music is a good part of this first episode any other sort of things that stand out to you from a, from a good or a positive perspective that uh, you took away from this first step <laughs> I'm, I, I like a good mystery, so I think the whole these questions were was, was really I really loved. I'm like, oh, I want to figure these out. I, like my brain's going, what's happening? I want to figure this out. Is this happening? Is that happening? Mm-hmm. Like it just it's overthinking. But um, that's I love a good mystery. Like I love crime shows for that reason. Like just I want to figure out what who did it before they do on the TV. Like so, this kind of scratched that itch for me. Nice, not nice. in a crime way, not in a crime way, but in a, <laughs> but in a what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there is a lot of things that are left unsaid or unexplained after that first episode. But like, yeah, I rewatched the first episode again this afternoon just as a refresher before we recorded, and straight away I'm like, man, maybe I could rewatch this again. Like, it's only eleven episodes, so you can sort of chew yep. through that in a short amount of time. So I'm like, maybe I'm going to go back to the well and do Darwin's game again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that it's hooked me. I want, I, I want to watch, I want to watch it all. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I guess um, before we sort of maybe highlight any, any potential negatives or bads from this episode, like you're saying, you want to watch it all. How far have you gotten past episode one? Cause it's, I guess we've confirmed throughout this recording that you've watched beyond the first episode, but where are you I've currently? I've seen episode two. That's kind of it. <sighs> Okay, yeah, that's where I got to. So, yeah, and that was uh, last weekend. So, when I watched the first episode, I'm like, I've got to watch the second one. I'm already in. I've got time. <laughs> Let's go. I, I'm very excited to sort of talk to you offline once you get further in these eleven episodes. Because yeah. yeah, holy guacamole! Like, I feel it's going to be a great roller coaster ride for you, and I'm excited to hear all about it. Yeah, even that second episode, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like it, it goes places. And then that yeah. one ends and another banger. It's like, what's going on? Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a very good time and it's just enjoyable. It's fun. Did you take any negatives out of that first episode that you wanted to sort of mention? Um, usually how, how it kind of drew out at the start would have been a negative for me, but I think the mystery kept me in there. Like I said to you, if that wasn't there, I probably would have switched off. Yeah, 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 and go on that, not for me, but just because it just it dragged out a little bit at the start, like nothing that until that band of fight, it was like nothing really is happening. And it's it's always tough too, like us sort of just focusing on that first episode of an anime. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of little table setting happening in that first episode where yeah, you need it, we yeah. might not get all those big wow jaw drop moments, but they managed to weave in a few throughout this twenty odd minutes of viewing time, which I'm very thankful yeah. for. Which I think think was good. They knew when to stop the here's all this information, here's these questions, 
but here's some action. They knew yeah. the right spot where people probably would have started going, just tell me what's happening. Just give me something. Yeah. And they just went, bang, here's the band of fights. Here's the music. Yeah, the, the, pacing, the pacing was really great. Like, um, yeah. yeah, Tokamoto, who directs the, directs the anime, has a really good understanding of when to speed up and when to slow down things to yeah. keep you on your seat and keep you engaged. And that's consistent through all 11 episodes. Yeah, no, I felt that in the episode, second episode too. It was similar, similar, good pacing. Yeah. Did, did you have uh, a favourite moment or scene from this first episode, one that you think sort of maybe stands, stands above the rest? Uh, favourite moment or scene? Probably that first scene where you just, you're like right into it, running through the streets, you know, that cloak, growing red eyes, what's going on? Like it just, it's there to hook you straight away. And that's probably my favourite. It's just, this is where, it just gives you that, sets you up. It's like, this is how we're starting. Just get used to it. You're not going to know what's going on. <laughs> Here's a hook, go. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that was probably my favourite favorite scene as well because, yeah, the, the the scene just builds, the music builds with it, the, the craziness builds with it, and then just that contrast between just the general people going about their day and doing the shopping or going to work yep. and they're sort of just having a chuckle about Kaname Nelly getting killed by a man in a bear suit. Yeah. And then the policeman's like, oh, dead. Like it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, they don't um they don't pull any punches in in Darwin's game, which is great. Like there's there's some violence, there's a lot of blood and viscera. So anyone that is a little bit squeamish, uh, be warned that it's it's not like a PG thirteen. You wouldn't be watching this with your kids or or anyone that's a little bit more uh, sensitive to violence because there is plenty in these eleven episodes, let me tell you. Yep, and a lot of a lot of throat slashing in this first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we get like two two throat slit within the first ten minutes or so. It's uh yeah, it's and a time. that blood spray and yeah, because what happens what happens with the guts you don't really see much, but it's that blood it's that throat throat being slit and the blood just splurting out. And it's like oh, they mean business with this violence. So <laughs> they really do, they really do, and it sounds like you mean business with uh, this watch through. So you're two episodes in, you got nine to go. I guess. Yep. It's going to be a resounding yes as far as you're going to continue to watch this. Absolutely, yes. That's fantastic. I want, I want resolutions. Like I said, my brain, <laughs> my brain likes to try and figure it out, but I still want to know what's going on. Like, Hell yeah, hell yeah. And for any listeners that haven't checked out Darwin's game but are looking for maybe some good comparisons or maybe some anime that you may have watched that would sort of weave in as far as a recommendation. If, if, if you've seen Batum, Glipnir, Battle Game in Five Seconds, Tomodachi Game or Dead Man Wonderland, if you've watched any of those or enjoyed any of those, I think you'll be right at home here with Darwin's Game because it's a similar similar tone, similar concept and similar sort of themes in and around uh, that kind of kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, good. it's a good, good vibe. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Tony. Speaking of good vibes, I would now like to get your last word presented by our friends over at Japan Crate. Experience Japan through snacks and knickknacks via monthly package drops courtesy of japancrate.com. And while you're there, be sure to use 8bit15 at checkout to save yourself some cash and get free shipping no matter where you are on planet Earth. So, Tony, what is your last word or words if you want to get technical because Sam called me up on this the other day? (laughs) I heard that. I heard that. Yep. Yeah. What is your last (laughs) word or words on uh, Darwin's Game? I'd say it's it's a good time. That's how I felt. I just I enjoyed myself watching it. Like it was just good. Good time. That's a perfect way to describe anything positive, right? Like if you can say something's a good time, people naturally go, Okay, I need to check that out or I need to yeah. watch that or do that or eat that, whatever it is. It's like if, if someone tells me it's a good time, I'm like, I'm in, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Good good's kind of subjective, but good time is more like, oh, you know, you had fun 
while you're doing it or watching it or playing it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Darwin's game is certainly a good time. Sigil or Sigil aside, it is still a fantastic viewing experience. I actually want to probably start working my way through the manga because I want to see where the story goes beyond these 11 episodes because uh, the manga has been around since 2012. So it's 11 years worth of of manga to catch up on where we've only got the 11 episodes worth of the anime. And I've still got questions, Tony. I've watched this thing. This is going to be my third viewing now. I've got questions. Okay, that's going to... See, that intrigues me more because I'm like, what are the questions? Like, what are we not finding out? Like, Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about this offline as as your viewing yeah. continues. But, uh, man, thank you so much for stopping on by the Riverside Studio here. Had an absolute blast having you here, Riffin Darwin's game. Um, one last time, uh, shout out to where the listeners can find you and all your good stuff and anything else you wanted to mention before we close this studio down for another couple of weeks. Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere now, like Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Doesn't not what it's called. Twitter, Instagram, Threads. Um, you know, uh, at Red Savage one nine eight seven. Can I get the um? Can I get the backstory? Red Savage. Where'd that come from? That's been my gamer name since like gamer names were first a thing. So I think the Xbox three sixty. Mm-hmm. And I think um, my favorite color back then was red and you just needed a word that kind of sounded cool because, you know, you're a teenager. So it's just one of those things that kind of has stuck with me since. So, yeah. It works. It's not embarrassing it at least, you know. And people sh- people shorten it to red in game chat. So <laughs> See, I like that you- too. Yeah, it makes you feel like a fighter pilot or something. <laughs> <laughs> red leader standing by. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, be sure to check out all the cool things that Tony does there over at Red Savage 1987 on all them socials. Hopefully you can get back to uh, streaming and making some video-based content on Twitch or TikTok or YouTube in the coming weeks or months once uh, life settles down. Probably months, but I've got, like I said, I've got thoughts going on. (laughs) Maybe not months, but a month month or two, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, once you're done checking out everything that Tony's doing, obviously check out everything we are doing at videogamesandculture.com. If you want to check out what I'm doing individually, you can do so over at Brendan8bit on all of them socials, but be sure to rate, review, subscribe this podcast and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in all our hearts, takes no time and costs no money. But whether your anime be subbed, dubbed or still yet to come, enjoy yourself, stay hungry and much love to all the gorgeous waifus out there. Goodbye.